teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Uh, turn to 1 John. This is a scripture that I actually have went to for years, and I'm going to share some things with you today that I've learned out of this. But in 1 John chapter 3, and I want you to go to verse 19. Actually, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, by what? It's talking about love. Okay? This whole scripture is talking about love. Whole passage. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment. What's his commandment? That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. I'm reading out of the New King James. But so there are two things there that he's talking about. One is believing on the name of Jesus Christ. And two is walking in love. Amen? Two things there. But let's back up. Verse 19. By this we know. By what? Love. That we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. And let's go on down to 21. Beloved, if our heart condemns us, uh, does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Now, I just want to be honest with you. Over the years, I would read this and think, I know, my heart's condemning me. I don't have confidence before God, so I guess I just, I can just kind of hit and miss. Maybe God will bless me. Maybe he won't. I really need to get that area of my life right. Anybody else been there, done that? Uh, because that is the human nature. I'm not saying the God nature, but it's the human nature to always be self-condemning. What am I doing wrong this morning? What am I doing wrong this afternoon? What am I, what am I going to do wrong tonight? I mean, we're always looking out for what we're doing wrong versus what we can do right. Amen? I, I know in uh, Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. That was kind of scary to me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I didn't always feel very righteous. And like Dr. Dufresne, his rightness, being right. Amen. But what were we talking about before? Fear. Yes. If we're always afraid that we're doing right. something wrong, right. how is God ever going to be able to get anything to us? Because faith does not, uh, faith and fear don't go together. So if, but, but your human nature, your heart wants to condemn you for what you're not doing. Now let's go back to that. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Oh, Pastor Debbie, I wish I could assure my heart. I wish that I was just walking in God's best. I wish that I could do what he's really called me to do. Do you know that that's a slap in the face to God? Because he created a new spirit man in you. And he gave you all the equipment to do everything you need to do. Are you listening? Amen. He gave you everything you need. When I would read this scripture, and by this we know, by this we know, 
And obviously, I have been focusing on the things that I was unsure about. I've been focusing on the things, uh, the shadows of the past, so to speak. I've been focusing on the things that I couldn't always do, rather than focusing on the Christ inside of me. So I was reading this with, uh, I guess what you would say, religious stained glasses. And I wasn't getting, and sometimes I'd pass over that scripture. I wouldn't want to read it. Because I knew if I read that scripture that my, my heart wasn't going to be assured. And I didn't want to miss out on my healing today. So I'd not read it. If I read it, I'd read it real quick. Anybody been there? Okay, maybe this isn't for you, but some people are going to get some good things out of it. Amen? And I just, I, I need to overemphasize to the point because God is awesome. He has me preach on a scripture that I was afraid of. And I should have never been, I just needed revelation. For if our heart condemns us, if our heart condemns us. Now, let's back up to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. There's no what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who... Do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's right. I, I, you know, that doesn't apply to me because I'm walking according to the flesh. I know it. I know. I can't go to God today because I'm walking according to my flesh. You know, I didn't speak right to my husband last night. Well, did you repent? Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I didn't do this right. Well, did you repent? Well, yeah, I repented. Well, then why are you carrying it around with you? I mean, okay, there is therefore now no condemnation. Is it feeling that we go by? No, ma'am. Do we feel all warm and fuzzy? Do we feel, get up in the morning and feel saved? What does saved feel like? Can anybody in here tell me what saved feels like? Uh, does it feel like you have, you know, uh, lightning strike, the buzzes going through? You know, does it, when you get up in the morning and you take your, you know, I wear a t-shirt to bed, excuse me, but anyway, too much information. <laughs> but... Uh, when I take that off, there's this big S on my chest, saved. <laughs> no, thank God. <laughs> Do we go by feeling? No. I want to know what saved feels like anyway. Come on. Because if I went by what I felt oh, like, right. it would negate right. what God's word says that I am in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Because our heart, our human nature, wants to think about all the things we've done wrong. And and it wants to look at all the shadows of our past. And I, you know, those things happened in our life. Things happened. Issues happened. We've come through a lot of things. But my friend, today is a new day. And not that you can't ever refer back to something in talking to somebody, but when we're referring back to it, especially when we're going to God and we're referring back to it and saying, God, I really want to be at that place in my life. I really want to get to that level, but because of this. And I can just see God shaking his head like Pastor Nancy was to me, think, I gave you everything you needed. Yeah, but what about... How do I access it? I'm glad you asked. How do I access that supply in my life? 
first of all, I want to show you something. In verse 22, whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because why? Because we keep his commandments. That's it. Yeah. I haven't kept the Ten Commandments for years. <laughs> yeah, you know, these are thoughts people are dealing with, right? I'm not talking about myself, you know, whatever. That's right. I haven't kept the commandments. What commandments is this talking about? Is it talking about, you know, when you get up in the morning, make sure you wash all the dishes? No. Is it talking about, you know, uh, make sure that when you go by and you see a piece of paper in the floor, be sure and pick it up? Or you're not to get, you know, that, that's living under condemnation. I mean, those things are great and good. And we're always teaching and training people, you know, be organized and do your best and be right. But is that what it's talking about? Is it talking about do's and don'ts? This is a commandment in verse 23 that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. I don't see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. other commandments. First of all, it's believe on Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I, this revolutionized my receiving from God. And I'm not afraid of this verse. As a matter of fact, I go right to this verse. Amen. When I'm feeling condemned, I go right to this verse. Because it mentions, first of all, we believe on Christ. Second of all, he's just saying, love one another. Amen. Love is a fulfillment of the law. In the Old Testament, they had to kill bulls and you know, do all kind of stuff. And, you know, they had to keep the Ten Commandments. Did you know that when you fulfill love, you're keeping the Ten Commandments anyway? Yeah, there you go. I know. You're back to keeping the law. No! What I'm saying is we live in an age of grace where God is saying, look, focus on love, and then you'll be able to do everything else that you need to do. Amen. Just start there. Amen. Amen. We have a place to start. Don't start on, well, I got to start dressing right. Well, I got to start eating right. Well, I got to start speaking right. Just start on, he wants me to love one another. I can do that. How do we love? You're asking a lot of me, Pastor Debbie. To walk in love with that rascal. You have the supply, the equipment in you to do everything you need to do. And now when I go to the scripture, I'm thinking, praise the Lord. You know, I'm thinking I got to do flips and I've got to, you know, do all these type of contortions and pull this level and out from the heavenly slot machine comes my healing. And God's saying, do you believe in my son? Yes, Lord. Did he raise from the dead? Yes, I believe that. Well, just take that in love. And the blessings are yours. Ask, you shall receive. So we we just put all these other stipulations on top of it. But love leads the way. I want you to turn to Galatians. Let's let's talk a little bit about that love. Well, first of all, while you're turning there, I'll read a couple scriptures to you. Galatians chapter 5. But in John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not by everything you're doing right. Not by the clothes you wear. I mean, it's nice to wear clothes and decent ones at that. Praise the Lord. But it's not 
how you look on the outside. It's what's coming out of you. Galatians 3.14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. All the law, not just part of it. That you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How many knows that that all encompasses? If you don't love God, you can't love your brother. Because God made your brother. If you don't love yourself, how can you love God? Because God made you. So it all works together. You love God, you love yourself, and you love others. Amen? Amen. Amen. You can't just say, well, I'm going to love others, but you know, I I, I don't believe in myself. Again, that is a slap in the face to God. He made you. You know, I talk to some people, and I think they think they're of another genetic order. Well, Pastor Debbie... You know, obviously, you just must have been graced in life and had the most wonderful childhood and everything was just perfect and God just ordained you to be in the ministry. Well, baloney! Come on, come on. I grew up in a loving family, but I had a lot of junk going on. And I, stuff I don't even want to talk about. It's, it's not even edifying to talk about. Some of the junk that I went through, I shouldn't be here today. And I know a lot of you have been through things. We all had issues. We all had dysfunctional families. I mean, what family isn't dysfunctional in some way? I know that there are families uh, that had better, you know, teaching and training and proper correction. and, And you were raised up in church. And maybe you didn't have the fullness of the light you have now. Maybe you did. Well, not. You couldn't have because we always grow in more light. Praise the Lord. But, you know, I understand that. But in some way, somebody's family had to be dysfunctional. Because we're all growing. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But there are people in here, you don't realize the background that I came out of. And there are times when I've sat in counseling with somebody and I told them some things. A lot of you, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. I used to be. I mean, I don't like the fact that it happened. And sometimes the enemy will try to bring those shadows. And I'm thinking, dear God, how would I ever make it? (laughs) The word of God. The prayers of my grandmother and even my parents. But there are individuals in here where you grew up in a home that you didn't have anything but godliness. And a lot of junk was going on and a lot of stuff. And now mom and daddy are living for God or so to speak. And now, you know, they're telling you what to do and and saying this and that. And and there's a lot of resentfulness there. But my Bible says to forgive. My Bible says to have mercy. And a child uh, who will respect their parents, not respect the wrong that they did but will respect them for the office that they stand in. Did you know your parent stands in an office? (laughs) Office of the parent. (laughs) Amen. Not some special thing. But when we make a decision, it says if you don't forgive, neither will your trespasses be forgiven. If you don't give mercy, you won't get mercy. Well, that's not why we do it. We forgive and we have mercy because we have love inside of us. Because that's the God who is in us and that's what we're motivated by. 
So when I go to that scripture in 1 John 3, what is my assurance? My heart is saying you can't have it. It's feeling condemned. It's why is it? It's because when I'm looking at the wrong thing, my heart will be condemned. When I'm looking at the right thing, it will be assured. When I'm looking at the wrong thing, my heart will be condemned. But when I'm looking at the right thing, it will be assured. What is the right thing? Walking in love. Let's talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Because love, and I've talked about this and I talk about this a lot. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. Your human spirit was recreated when Jesus Christ came to live inside of you. The Holy Spirit now lives in you. In other words, the Holy Spirit has a home. The Holy Spirit isn't your human spirit. Your human spirit is simply the home He lives in. And you have fruit. Just like fruit trees have fruit, you have fruit inside. In other words, you have everything you need. Everything you need. You know, I was saying the other day, excuse me, I guess I had some water under there and it had fallen. Praise the Lord. Just like Pastor Nancy said, you have everything you need. You know, when Pastor asks you to do something, ah, we were talking about that Wednesday night. No, you have everything you need. Well, are you sure the Lord said, Pastor, that I was supposed to do that? Let that be between him and the Lord. You have everything you need. Amen. Amen. You just, you know, it's like when we started the daycare. Um, I was seriously thinking, God, are you sure he heard from the Lord about this? Of course, I didn't. And maybe I did say that to him once. But anyway. But the Lord just said, you just shut up. That's how he talks to me, okay? Because I don't take it personal. Praise the Lord. You just shut up and you let that be between he and I. If I decide, you know, to let, you know, if he, if it's not of me, he'll see it. You just pray for him. And don't pray your own agenda. Lord, just tell him it's wrong. No, you just pray the Ephesians prayers that he has wisdom and he has light and he has understanding. Rather than, well, Lord, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Well, if the pastor asked you to do it, yeah, it's what you're supposed to do. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That went over like a lead balloon, but we'll just go on anyway. Verse 16, chapter 5 of Galatians. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. Let's go on down. 22, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit... And really that, we've talked about this, but some of you may not have known, the fruit of the Spirit, that should be a little s. It should be, it's talking about your human spirit. If you bear it out in the Greek, it's a little s, human spirit. So you could read it that way. But if the fruit of the human spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there's no law. Let's go back up. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Notice that the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22 starts out with love. In other words, you start out using the fruit with love. When you're building your love fruit, 
these other areas are being built up too. One doesn't work without the other. Faith works by love, and we can't do anything without faith. You can't even receive Jesus without faith. You may think this is really simple, but my friend, uh, it'll be really heavy if you let it. Amen? Heavy, heavy. That's what I meant. Moving along. Verse 22, revelation and light comes when we walk in light. We're going to be talking about that here in a little bit. So, so we have light and understanding when we're walking in love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You may say, I don't know how to do this. It's, and we've talked about this. It's like this, you use what you have. If you want something to grow in your life, use what you have. Just don't sit around and say, I can't do this because I've done wrong all my life. Well, that's not going to help you or anybody else around you. I mean, that's going to be real, you know, that's going to be some real heavy self-pity. And you're going to, you know, be the victim and think how wonderful down and out I am. Because that's really what you're doing. You're that's sitting there. Right. I mean, you want everybody to think that you're going through the, the worst right. trials of your life, Come but on. really you're thinking, aren't I awesome? Come on. Come on now. Aren't I awesome? That's really good. Now, I have compassion for people that have been through things. And the younger that a Christian is, the more compassionate I am to them. But there comes a time and a place where we've got to grow up and leave that victim mentality behind. Yes. Amen. Now, baby Christians can get by with some things because they don't understand or they're not as accountable because they haven't heard. You're a steward of what you hear. So what you're hearing today, you will be a steward of. Well, maybe, maybe I'll just go home right now so I don't hear it. And I, I can just still be a victim. No. That's why you're here, because you want to grow. And when the Holy Ghost lives inside of you and He gives you more light and you don't walk in that, then you start getting stagnant. Yeah. 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 Everybody in here, every single person, everyone, tell your neighbor, that means you. Everyone. It doesn't matter what your lot in life has been. It doesn't matter how successful you, you think you are or have been or will be. Everyone has the same fruit. Each one of you have calls in your life. And you have the appropriate fruit to take care of that call. Is that all right? Good. Because I'm just going to keep telling you. You know, know, I I tell you over and over and over again. And that's one of the things I say in in counseling, spiritual guidance, whatever you want to call it. You have inside of you everything you need to make it. Now, if you want me to get down and gravel in the dirt with you and cry and boo-hoo, that's probably not going to happen. If the Lord leads me to compassionately comfort you and that type of thing, I'll do that. But don't count on it. Don't come because you want somebody to pat you on the back. And yeah, I know. I know. You've been through terrible things. I know. You feel like a worm. I know. No, because what I'm trying to get across to you is you have like this power pack inside of you. And if you saw what we saw in you, if you saw the gift of God that we saw in you, you can do whatever. And and sometimes, you know, I'll go around and I'll I'll just tell people, hello there, you know, mighty man of God. Hello there, Mrs. Healed. Hello there, Miss Wonderful. 
Hello, Miss Favored. Amen. Amen. Christina Miller. I'm favored of the Lord. Amen. Amen. She's even got me believing it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it. So that's, you know, that's my name for people. Favored, blessed, Amen. victorious, healed. Yes. But when I say that and somebody's kind of got their head down, What's that all about? Do you have some different genetic order than I have? Is there some, do I have a special pact with God that I'm blessed in a certain way? No. Now, I magnify my office that I stand in. So don't try to come and tell us how to pastor the church. Because that's not your call for this place. Amen. But you need to run your own department. Amen. You need to be victorious in your world. Yes. And you need to use it wherever you're at. And when you do that, it will exude to other people. And it's led by love. Yes. Amen. That's right. Amen. In verse, actually in uh, verse 25, I've written so much in my Bible I can barely read it. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I've talked about this before. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is giving you the strength, the power, whatever you need to use the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Well, you may think, well, how do I use that fruit? Well, when it says to walk, walk means to use or to utilize. And I've likened it to this. You know, when you're in a car, uh, what do you do with that car if you want to go to Walmart? You put it in gear that has a gear. You know, they used to. But anyway, put it in gear, turn on the key, you know, whatever you need to do. Put on the pedal, put it in reverse, back out, go to the store. There are certain skills that you need to use. Well, the fruit is just like that. Use it. Amen. You know, do you, do you get in the car and sit back and cry, oh, I want to go to Walmart so bad. Well, turn the key on. I mean, we think, you know, when you're uh, in a house, Said if you live in the spirit, right? Yes. Well, in your human spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives, yes. same analogy. But anyway, back to the house. If you live in a house, you know, there are things in that house that will help you out. Yes. How many live in a house that you have stuff that can help you in that house? Amen. Well, if you want to go to bed, what do you do? You use the bed. Yes. Hello? I mean, that was real simple, right? If you want to make coffee in the morning, like I like to do every morning, you go and use the coffee maker. Well, what helps? What if the plug's not in? Is it going to work? Well, the Holy Ghost is what causes that fruit to work in our life. It's the power. Never saw that before. Praise the Lord. That's just what happens when revelation comes. Amen? <laughs> Moving right along. Anyway. But you need power to access the fruit in your life. And you've got the power. Why do we pray in the Holy Ghost? In Jude 20, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, it's to help you to be sensitive to that fruit of the Spirit, which is faith. You don't pray to get faith. It's already there in your heart. Faith is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Faith does not work without love. Why? Because love leads the way. Yeah, right. If you don't get anything else out of the service, just love leads the way, and that's my assurance. Come on. Love leads the way, and that's my assurance. So anyway, you pray in the Holy Ghost. It helps you to be sensitive 
to the fruit you have. It helps, you know, because when you aren't sensitive, when there's fuzziness, when there's darkness, you can't see. Do you know that you have to be reminded that you have fruit? I mean, here we have been learning about the fruit of the Spirit all our lives. And then a day, you know, and then because we're meditating on fleshly things. Remember when it says your heart condemns you? It's when you're meditating on the wrong thing. When you're meditating on the right thing, which is led by love, then you have assurance. Well, when we're meditating on the fleshly things, wrong programs and critical speaking and things like that, then we're not going to be conscious of love. So how easy it is to forget that you have love. How easy it is to forget you have faith. You're dealing with symptoms in your body? Well, use your faith. Just receive by faith the healing power that Jesus Christ already paid, already bought for you. You need peace in your life? Well, access it. Well, when you're looking at, at worry and fear, how are you going to be able to access peace? I mean, have you ever left your house and uh, you, were, you were looking for something and didn't even know that you had it? Then you went out to Walmart and bought another one, and then you came back and you found three others? You know, we, yeah. Thank you for being honest there. I appreciate that. We had to clean out the... Uh, storage units here and you know we'd find different things that's why we write it all down on a list and make sure I tell you know Teresa tell them to go check the list before they go buy another or we're taking it out of their check amen well anyway (laughs) moving right along but uh, anyway we forget it's like that mirror that James talks about let's go there we forget who we are we're people of love. We can walk in love. Well, I had a bad childhood. You don't know what my mama did to me. You don't know what my daddy did with me. You don't understand. I'm not saying it was right. James chapter 1. I'm not saying it was right at all. But when Jesus Christ came into your human spirit, he recreated your spirit, and now you have love in there. And you can wrap yourself around that love, and that's your protectant. And and you can go to that person. You can give them a hug. You can let them know I love you. And you can protect yourself, too. Love is not a doormat. Love is not passive. Love is to be gentle. But I like to put it this way. If somebody doesn't uh, want to honor your gentleness, it may have to be followed up with a boot in the behind Amen? You know, if it means protecting somebody else, Hello. love will stand its ground. That's right. exactly love right. will stand up for what's yes. right. That's right. It's Amen. not going to just let somebody plow all over oh, you. Amen? Right. I mean, it's just like that time that I felt like I was supposed to go to that meeting, and Pastor Jay, you know, he was saying, well, I don't really want you to go. But if I was going to love God and honor what he That's was asking me to do, I wasn't just going to yeah. say, well, I know, honey, you don't let me go, so I won't. But I stood my ground and said, you know, I believe the Spirit of God is dealing with me to go. And he has learned to respect. He's learned to respect me enough and respect the fruit that when I'm obedient, that we're blessed. Amen? And my husband just doesn't dictate to me, bless God, I said, don't do it, I mean it. 
Well, he'd be in next year, but anyway. <laughs> That's not necessarily love, so I guess I won't talk about that. My husband doesn't talk to me that bus guy. You know, there are times he's emphasized, you know, I really don't, I don't feel like that's right. And, you know, I'm going to honor that. Amen. There are times when uh, I didn't follow my heart in an area and God just said, you know, he'll be responsible for that. There are other times when I just went ahead and did it because I know God told me to. And he came back and apologized to me. And I'm not going to, that's not my sermon, so don't try to figure that out, okay? Amen. But there are times in our lives that God's saying, uh, it's not going to fly. Your husband told you not to do that. Your son, your, you know, your friend, everybody else and their mother. Well, what about me? I'm supposed to be your Lord. And, and when, when our spouse or somebody is asking us to do something that is not scriptural, we know that's going against our heart. Well, bless God. We, you know, Pastor James asked you to do something that's not unscriptural. Hello, we're both humans. I've asked him. I mean, I, I've not always been in line with God's word either. We're all growing. He's had to tell me, I'm not doing that. That's not scriptural. Amen. Amen. Moving right along. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're accountable to yes. God. So it's like that mirror in James let's, 1, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he... He who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues. What is the law of liberty? Love. What are we talking about? The law of liberty is love. That's, that's fulfilled the Old Testament law. Love. This one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks, you know, and goes on. So we can forget the simplest thing that we have inside, which is the fruit of the Spirit. It's powerful. Amen? And we pray in the Holy Ghost for that power. Yeah. Amen. Amen? But, you know, what? praying in the Holy Ghost brings power to be a witness, doesn't it? Yes. It also, you know, uh, brings power for ministers to step out in the gifts of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, I pray in the Holy Ghost at times because the Lord leads me. There's going to be a stronger anointing on you. I actually prayed in the Holy Ghost about an hour and a half or so on Wednesday afternoon and was praying before that uh, some days, but he just dealt with me. There's going to be a stronger anointing on you to minister to individuals, and if you don't yield to the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have the strength to sustain through it. So I, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever ministered that way before as, as far as, you know, I know Pastor Nancy laid hands on me that way, and, and I saw myself laying hands. I'm like, ooh, that's going to take a lot of strength. But praise the Lord for the Holy Ghost. So I was yielding to the Holy Ghost, and there were impartations that were there. But another reason to pray in the Holy Ghost is to become more sensitive. So when you pray in the, you know, it should, you should never say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. If you come and tell me that, I'm just going to we'll pray in the Holy Ghost. And I, another good thing to do, excuse me, is to walk in love. So we believe in Jesus, and we're walking in love, and then more light comes. Amen. Well, how does light come when you're walking in love? I'm glad you asked. Okay, moving right along here. I wrote some things out about that. In, well, let's just go to John 1. Is this okay? Yes. I don't ever want you... 
not First John, just John, Gospel of John. I don't ever want you to be afraid of any part of your Bible. It should be liberty. When you're afraid, then you're being ruled by condemnation. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So spiritual things get fuzzy and confusing when we're not walking in God's light. Darkness sets in. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 2, because we have more revelation here. What brings light? We know the life of God brings light. I don't quite understand that, Pastor Debbie. Well, hang on. Hang on to your seat. Amen. Here we go. 2 verse 10, 1 John. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He who loves his brother abides in what? In other words, so you could say, if you're, abide, if, if you're walking in love, you're walking in the life of God. Which brings light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. That's always amazed me. You mean if we just love, then we won't fall? We won't stumble? Again, we get into this works mentality in our life that if we pull this lever, lever, if we push this button, then out of the heavenly slot machine comes healing, prosperity, everything we need in our life. And all God's saying is, I want you to focus on your love walk. Did you know, first and foremost, you need to love God? If you love God, you're going to fulfill his plan for your life. If you love God, it's going to be important to you that he says, don't forsake the assembling together of the believers. If you love God, you're going to come to church. I mean, I can't be passive to people and say, well, I know if you love God, you can stay home and do whatever you want. No. You stay home and do whatever you want. The enemy is going to plow over you. Amen. Amen. Well, you can just frown and be depressed and do, you know, whatever, whenever you want. No. no. Do you know that when you smile, it affects other nerve endings in your yeah. body? Yeah. And it helps you to be happy? Yeah. Do you think God was smart when he made the smile? Amen. Well, somebody, some of you need to use it. Hello. Sometimes I look out over the crowd and... I mean, I, I could be preaching on exuberance, and it wouldn't matter. Right. <laughs> you know when you laugh, endorphins in your body, whatever endorphins are, but I know they're good for you. <laughs> endorphins in your body go throughout your yep. system, and it helps you to be happy. Yes. There have been times in my car where I felt sad and depressed and everything else and felt like I was, you know, practically under the car, let alone driving it. And I just, hallelujah! Glory to God. Well, what am I doing? I'm stirring up. And I'm using what? My fruit. I'm using my fruit. Joy is a fruit. Well, if I'm not walking in love, I'm not going to be joyful. 
I can try to act like it, like some people do, uh, but we all know better. I'm telling you, we all know better. We know when you're not walking in love at home. Hello. Come on. You're not deceiving anybody. Maybe a few, but not me. Praise the Lord. All right. What was I talking about anyway? First John uh, 2.10. Thank you. He who loves his brother abides in the light. So if you're loving, you're abiding in light, which is the life of God. Life helps us, affects us. I mean, you could actually say the Holy Spirit is the life of God, is the power of God. They're all synonymous terms. And it's helping you to use the fruit. So let's turn back to Galatians. Well, first of all, let's go to another scripture real quickly. In, I want to, okay, 1 John verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Well, if you're walking in love, you're going to have fellowship. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light. Well, I wish I could walk in the light. Seems like I'm in a lot of darkness. Well, if you love, you can. It says in fellowship. The, the Amplified says unbroken fellowship. Fellowship means partnership, communion, unity, agreement, you know, all the above. Hello? Uh, now, are you in agreement with everybody? Of course not. Sometimes you have to agree to disagree on some things. But you choose not to let other people's decision-making processes offend you. As if what somebody else thinks or what somebody else does is going to affect my blessing. Do you think God is big enough to take care of me even when somebody else is trying to affect my life? And most people that you think are trying to affect your life really aren't. You're just focused on the wrong thing. Most people aren't thinking about you as much as what you think they are. I, I'm sorry. That, you know, that was a big revelation. They're not taking me home meditating on me all night long. They got other things to think about. And if somebody is thinking about me all the time, well, bless their, bless their heart. I'll let that be between them and God. I, got, I have better things to do than think about everybody else's issues. Trust me. If I give somebody correction or something like that, maybe it'll come to me. The enemy will try to, oh, they're mad at you. They didn't receive that or whatever. Oh, shut up. Go put in a CD or go do something worth listening to. Amen? I'm not sitting at home thinking about you all the time. Amen? So just get over yourself. Amen? Just like I have to get over myself. And, and let's just choose to be in unity. That doesn't, I, I, you know, I don't agree with every single thing Pastor Jay says. 99% of it I do. But, but uh, I don't agree with everything. That doesn't mean I'm walking in all the light I need to walk in. That doesn't mean I try to correct him and tell him, hey, this is wrong. I ask a lot of questions. And he likes that. You know, God likes it when we ask, Lord, I heard pastor say that, but where is it in the Bible? God likes that. He doesn't expect us to, you know, just accept everything hook, line, and sinker. Amen. We'll know if it's wrong or not. Now, don't come back, you know, well, God told me this was wrong, Pastor Jay, so don't ever preach on that again. No, just pray for him, okay? He has the Holy Ghost. Just pray for him. 
the Lord dealt with me that if Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy, you know, failed, that he was going to hold me personally responsible. It was my fault. I'm like, Lord, it's my fault. My fault, their decisions. It's because you need to pray for them. Not pray your agenda. Well, Lord, you know, I, I'll, I'll share with you something. It, it was about four or five years ago or something like that. You know, and I actually, before we came, was getting a degree, finishing up in psychology, and was going on to grad school and so on and so forth. Well, the Lord had to remind me that that wasn't the call of God in my life. And, you know, I'm not putting anybody down that's doing that, but you do have to be careful not to emphasize psychology, which is a study of the what? Soul? Mind, soul, emotions. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you. I don't want to study that anymore. Thank God. I've dealt with enough people's emotions to last me a lifetime already. But uh, I understand emotions. I is a woman. I understand emotions, okay? Men have emotions too, and men have that time of the month, so just don't say you don't, okay? Trust me, I live with one, I know. Every now and then. What time is it? Okay. Praise the Lord. Moving right along. You know, it's not all about the women. We do, uh, we're a little more sensitive to our emotions than others. <laughs> Some men say, oh yeah, a lot. But uh, moving right along, the Lord had to get on my case and tell me, you know, you, you're, you're not called to do that. Well, anyway, Pastor Nancy just kind of blew me out of the water with some teaching she did in the morning about not going to our psychology books and our self-help books. And, you know, and I went home and I didn't like that kind of got under my crawl. You know, I'm going, no, I'm, I'm going to go be a psychology major. And I'm, yeah. You know, that just kind of got under my skin. Yeah. Okay? Well, I didn't go tell everybody about it. Right. You know, some, some of you, you don't like something Pastor Jay says, first thing you do, you get in the car, well, there he goes again, getting off harping on that money thing. <laughs> then go home and have roast pastor rather than the roast. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, since 1952, I've been having problems in my hip. And he's talking about if you don't have faith, you know, you're not going to get anything from God. Well, I've been begging God for all these years, and he hasn't done a thing for me. Exactly. Begging and faith are two different things. Amen. So you go home, you have roast pastor, and, and, you know, and then you turn on the news. Well, President, so-and-so is doing this, and so-and-so is doing this, and I don't like this. And so you just got to flip it off and say, hey, he's our president. I'm going to honor the office. Amen. Doesn't mean I like everything he's doing, but I don't like everything everybody else does either. And I haven't always done everything right either. You try to be in that position, okay? Just pray for him. Pray for him. Walk in love. There were two ladies some years ago, I think Pastor Jay tells this story. How much time we have? Are we okay here? Okay. Uh, he was telling the story. And we were at a church in Effingham, Illinois. And Pastor Jay was talking about the words of your mouth and criticizing and complaining and how it short circuits the blessing in your life. Some people would get a hold of that. They'd stop that hole in their face. Amen? Praise the Lord. I, sometimes I just have to say it that way to get people's attention. Amen. Praise the Lord. Move right along. Well, Lord, just tell them to love me anyway. And... <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, anyway, he was talking about <laughs> all this love is just, you know, 
so uh, so he was talking about that, and they were two roommates, you know, sharing separate bedrooms, thank God. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. So they went home. They didn't have anything to talk about because they're used to complaining about what pastor preached. Yeah. And yeah. They're used to complain about this, that, and the other. And finally, they looked at each other and decided to just go to bed because yeah. they didn't have anything to say Praise God. all afternoon long. Yeah. Like, that's pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah. You mean you can't think of one good thing to say? Like the message was good and all that. Well, I think they were talking about that. But eventually, they just went to bed because their habit was to criticize. There will be individuals. Mark my words. There will be individuals that leave this service today. There goes one. No, just kidding. Uh, tell her I was just joking. Okay, Kim. There will be individuals that leave this service. First thing they do, they get in the car. Well, did she have to get off on that again? Or in the afternoon. Mrs. Bucket Mouth calls up, decides to, you know, rampage on the church and what the pastors are doing, yada, yada, yada. And they'll just chime in. I mean, like Dr. Dufresne says, I didn't quite understand this term, but I understand it now. It's like beating a dead horse. You know? No matter what you do to beat that horse, it's still dead. That's right, yeah. And some people are acting spiritually dead because they're not using that fruit inside and they're sure not letting lead, you know, love lead the way. Well, if it's hard, hard, you've been praying for me, so it's your fault. So, I mean, sure enough. Sure as my name is Debbie Eberly. People will get on the phone and talk to Sister Bucket Mouth or Brother Bucket Mouth and proceed to tell them how they think that we should pastor the church. How we should handle the finances as if we're not handling them right. Whatever. I have better things to do than to, you know, I take authority over that spirit for one thing. And it does not affect us. It cannot hinder us. Get a revelation that if somebody has left the church and they're in offense and they call you up, it's probably a good time to let them know my phone number is no longer available to you. Life and death, we choose. Get a revelation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Moving right along. So anyway, where was I at before I got to meddling in that? Ephesians 5. Pastor Jay and I go to great lengths to do things above board and to do things right, using accountants, talking to the best lawyers in the states to make sure that we're above board on things. I promise you that. So when somebody wants to comment on how they think we should do things, God will hold them responsible for their hard attitude because they're not being led by love. That's right. 
Amen. Amen. Pastor Jace and I submit ourselves and we do things right. Why am I saying that? Because that is a problem that pastors have more than anything else. Because people have been burnt and they come to the church and they're like, well, are you doing this right? Or are you doing that right? And, And there's so much fear involved in there. Just give it to God. Pray for the pastors. It's a good thing. Pastor Jay and I, we want you to know that we're running things above board. We want you to know that we're submitting to accounts, that we're submitting to lawyers, things like that. We want you to know that. Individuals that are in those departments have more privileged information to what we are. But we want you to know that. But that is the number one thing that pastors have to deal with is people not trusting them yeah. to make the right decisions, yeah. to do the right things. And my friend, if I call all you up and ask you to vote every time I make a decision, nothing will get done. Nothing will get done. Moving right along. In Ephesians 5, I just I put that in there. Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Why are you light in the Lord? Because you're walking in love. And love breeds light. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the Spirit. Now that should be a small S again, talking about the fruit of the human spirit, because the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. The fruit of the human spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11, and have no fellowship. Well, Pastor Debbie, I thought you were just supposed to fellowship and love everybody. It says have no fellowship. It didn't say to love them, not to love them. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. That word expose means to reprove. In other words, you yourself telling that friend, my ear's not a trash can. My phone is not to be used in that way. It doesn't mean you're supposed to blab it over. CNN. That's right. It doesn't mean headhunter organization you're supposed to. Right. No, there are certain authority levels, but it says, you know, love covers a multitude yeah. of sins. Right. We're not trying to expose everybody's That's sin. Right. Like I said, God just expects you yeah. to stand up right. and correct it on your own. Yes. Now, I would appreciate it if somebody is saying something in the congregation that could hurt someone else that you would let the appropriate people yes. know. Not everybody else around you. Teresa is in charge of the departments. If there's something, you can come to her and she'll come to us. We've taught people to do that. Don't pray about it. Well, should I go to pastor? The answer is yes, you should. Because we know what to do with it. And I just tell people, don't be talking about that. Don't be telling everybody else. Just tell the appropriate person, your coordinator, your director. Because some people don't know how to handle that. And you know, I expect people to make mistakes. I expect people sometimes to say things that they shouldn't because they're people. They're human beings. I expect you to make mistakes. I've made mistakes. God had to teach me, and I learned the hard way, not to talk about people, not to criticize, not to grumble. And yes, I missed it in that area, and I'd get back in the boat of forgiveness again too. That's right. Okay? Amen. So I don't need you out there talking about everybody else as if you're the only one that doesn't ever make a mistake. Amen. Amen. Amen? Just let me know if something's going on, and if we need to correct it, we will. Yeah. If we don't, we won't. There have been people that have uh, said things or done things, and it was two years before I ever even said anything to them. Yeah. Because the Lord dealt with me, they won't be able to handle it. Right. 
Young Christians, I mean, what do you do with the baby? When they don't walk yet, you just throw them on the floor anyway and say, well, walk. Of course not. Yeah, you just stick a sandwich in their mouth? Of course not. They're going to choke on it. Correction helps. But when you do it in too large of an amount that they can't digest, it's not going to help them. They need some milk. People need to sit and hear the word and hear the word and hear the word. The milk of the word. Amen. Like I said, I expect you to make mistakes. I do. Can it hurt us? No. Absolutely. Our faith is out there. It cannot hurt us. Amen. Amen. And there will be certain things that people will try to say, and their mouth will be guarded from being able to say that thing, because if it would hurt us, they can't do it. Am I worried about what people are saying? No. Am I worried about what Sister Bucketmouth that used to come here is, you know, saying? And I love Sister Bucketmouth. Amen. Hey. I wish she'd get a different bucket, okay? I, I love her. If she would come and apologize, I, I'd receive it just like anybody else. Amen. Amen. Now, somebody that has been in that position would have to prove their self more. Praise the Lord. But moving right along. So, <laughs> so our fellowship, and again, that's partnership, communion. We cannot fellowship with individuals that are not allowing God's life to dictate, to dominate God's love, to dictate, to dominate. Well, they're Christians. Shouldn't we just love them? Well, we should love everybody. But if they're being dominated by darkness, I cannot, you know, I'll love them, but long distance. Okay? You know, do you just let your children fellowship with anybody? You better not. Things happened to me because my parents were naive about who they allowed me to spend time with. I was sexually abused because of that. Now, am I mad at my parent about that? No. I've forgiven them. Okay? They walked in the light they had, or maybe they didn't walk in some of the light they had, but I've forgiven them, okay? And God has made me a new creature, 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 (laughs) creature in Christ. So those are old shadows. Those things, I'm a new man. Those things don't dictate to me anymore. Praise the Lord. That's not who I am. I am not an abuse victim. I have been delivered. I'm a victor. Amen. So anyway, we can stand up and say, my ear is not a trash can. We can look at who our children are fellowshipping with. They go to this denominational church. Well, what are they being taught? We should reach out to people. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're talking about somebody that, that, well, they're my best friend. I'm going to love people. I'm not putting down another minister. I'm not putting down another pastor. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I've I've had uh, uh, individuals call up and say, I asked my pastor if it was all right if I could call and get counseling from you, and I'm I, you're not our sheep. We don't counsel other sheep. Amen. And they said, so they went back to their pastor and said, well, she won't counsel. I really need to know more about healing in this area. He's like, well, I don't know about that. Okay, so they left and came to this church. Well, you were going with more light. But at least they honored their pastor by talking to him about it. And I told them, I said, now I would not talk to anybody unless a pastor personally called me on the phone and said, could you help me with this? It's the only reason I would do it. And most likely they'd have to be there. 
If they're submitting themselves to it, that's another thing. But, but I would let people know I'm not going to go against what your pastor is preaching right. and teaching. Amen. 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 So if somebody, like we said the other day, if a sheep jumps over the fence yeah. and they get too fat and fluffy to be able to yeah. jump yeah. back over, hey, yeah. stay on. Yeah. Amen. But in the process, don't be bad-mouthing your pastor and dishonoring them. Talk to them. Let them know, hey, I, I believe this is what God has told me to do. And maybe they, they may not like that, but there are times people come into our office, too, saying they think God's told them to do this, and we don't always like it. Praise the Lord. That doesn't make it right. But. So moving right along. Let me, let me read this because uh, love is of the heart. It's, it's a fruit of the recreated human spirit, love can grow, and we grow in love by confessing it and acting on it. If we don't use the love of God in us, my friend, then we'll never be assured for our healing. We'll never be assured in our prosperity. We'll never be assured the blessings of God. Let's turn back to 1 John. I'm going to start closing down here. I want to read that one more time. 1 John 3 Verse 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Now, real quickly, turn to Romans chapter 8. Because this is the revelation. It's just God's word. The Lord showed me on this that helped me to read the scripture without condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. But you are not in the flesh. Say, I am not in the flesh, I am not in the flesh. but I am in the, spirit. I'm in the Spirit. In the Spirit simply means to be conscious and aware of spiritual things. When we are conscious of condemnation, we'll be led by it. If we are conscious of who we are in Christ, that's what we'll be led by. If you're conscious of the fruit of the spirit of love, you'll be conscious of love. You'll be assured, I'm walking in love. Healing is mine. Prosperity is mine. The blessing of God is mine. Amen? Amen. But if we're uh, looking at fear, which is the opposite of faith or opposite of... Actually, uh, if anything that puts us in bondage is the opposite of love. Because when we love, there's liberty, there's freedom. So what are you putting your focus on? Do you understand that if your heart is condemning you, you're focused on the wrong thing? See, that, that freed me up. Let's read that one more time. Let's go back to 1 John. Chapter 3. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. You may say, well, my heart's condemning me, so I don't have confidence. It doesn't have to condemn you if you're focused on the right thing. That just simply means applying the blood of Jesus. Hey, God, I missed it. Sorry. If you don't know what you missed it over, just say, hey, Lord, obviously I missed it somewhere. It's not working. I missed it somewhere. I said the other day, sometimes it's just the fact that you're not speaking the word. If you're always talking about what you've missed it in, you're focused on the wrong wrong thing. He says, ask, 
and you shall receive. Start talking about, I have it. It's mine. Start talking the blessing. Stop talking about what you don't have. When you're focused on what you don't have, how can you get more? <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. When we're focused on condemnation, our heart will never be assured. When we're focused on the shadows of the past, our heart will never be assured. When we're focused on everything we're doing wrong, our heart will never be assured. But when we're focused on love, which is the lead way to all the fruits of the Spirit working in our lives, when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we become more sensitive to using that love. How do we use it? Just like a muscle. We, it grows as we use it. How do I use my love? Go up to somebody that you haven't liked and say, you sure are pretty, Ann. It, which is true. You know, maybe Ann said something to you last week you didn't like. and She didn't even know it. You know what, Ann? You're a blessing in my life. I really love and appreciate Well, I don't feel that way. Exactly. We're not going off of our feelings. I like to believe that Ann is perfect in every way and she'd never miss it. But we're all human. And maybe she said something to you out of the boldness of the Lord and you didn't like it and you took it personal. Because I teach her and train her. Don't just sass people over when they come to you and say, well, I wasn't able to come to church five times in a row, but would you come pray for me for healing? I teach her to tell them, well, your answer was in the service. That's right. If it's a baby Christian, I'll be more lenient with them. But they need to learn we're not going to be going to the hospital and go rescue mode. If they're not even coming. Recently, somebody called that's not even shown up for the last, I don't know how many services, wanting counseling for me because they're dealing with depression. They're dealing with all this stuff. And I had, I had Christine call them back and say, well, I haven't even seen you at the service. Do you even consider us your pastor? I'm sure they didn't like that real well. I just told you, know, tell them, hey, I love you. I appreciate you. You know, I, I try to let the sugar help the medicine go down. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes I have to follow it up with a boot. <laughs> because I'm responsible yeah, right. if they don't make it, if that's I don't right. tell them the right thing. That's right. that's good. If I'm just going to salve it over. Well, I guess they decided that staying home was more important. Mm. Praise the Lord, because then they called back and said, well, I have a job. Yeah, I'm looking for a job. Now I can't come anyway. I'm like, well, can't do a thing for them. Absolutely can't do a thing for them. Absolutely can't do one thing. They could come here and I could lay hands on them until all the hair on their head rubbed off. Couldn't do a thing. I could say twinkle, twinkle, little star. Wouldn't do a thing. Amen. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.